Hi, I'm Donna King, filling in for Mark Rotterman. Coming up on Front Row, what is the state government doing with your public resources? The latest from State Auditor Beth Wood, next. Major funding for Front Row with Mark Rotterman is provided by Robert L. Luddy. Additional funding provided by Patricia and Ku Yuen through the Yuen Foundation, committed to bridging cultural differences in our communities. And by... Funding for the Lightning Round provided by Nicholas B. and Lucy Mayo Body Foundation, A.E. Finley Foundation, N.C. Realtors, Reifenberg Construction, Stephen Gleason. A complete list of funders can be found at pbsnc.org slash front row. Welcome back. Joining me today is North Carolina's State Auditor, Beth Wood. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me, Donna. Oh, I'm glad you're here. We really are excited about this because uh, good governance, you know, it's something that we do year round. We talk about on this show um, and you're the state watchdog, really. Uh, tell me a little bit about what good governance means to you. What are the variables in it? What are you looking for? We're looking for not only are the dollars properly accounted for, receipts coming in, went in the bank, um, checks written, had support for the things they were written for, and they were written for the right things. More importantly, I think to us today, because given technology, that part is so easy now. It's really easy now. The bigger piece is, did you waste any of those tax dollars that you spent? Are we running our government as efficiently? Are we as we should? Are we providing the services, not just to a few people that we're supposed to, or a lot of people that we're supposed to, but everybody that we are supposed to? So um, again, good governance to me is not only is the checkbook right, sure. but are we getting the most out of every hard-earned tax dollar that comes in to Raleigh to run our state government? Sure, sure, as a taxpayer, I'm glad to hear that. Um, one of the things that we've talked about a little bit is that your organization, the Office of the State Auditor, runs differently, I think than other state agencies in, in our system, much more corporate. Can you talk a little bit about what your goals are for that agency and, and how you've set it up, how you've designed it? Absolutely. So um, we are making sure, just like in a CPA firm, mm -hmm. just like in an audit firm, we are budgeting the work that we do. Sure. We are ensuring um, that people are in the office and that they're working. Mm -hmm. So I've got budgets and then I've got accountability for your time through our timesheets. Our timesheets are very... Um, detailed, right. and then we go back and look at this was the amount of time you're supposed to spend on this segment or this project in general. Mm -hmm. How much time did you spend? And back in, when I before I became state auditor and I was working for the state auditor's office, one of the auditors asked me, he said, Beth, why can't we ever get an audit out the door? Right. Why can't we? And I, and I started looking when I became state auditor, people don't show up for work. <laughs> um, if I'm planning a year Right. based on a certain number of man hours, mm -hmm. people have to be there. So people say, well, I got vacation time, I've earned that. Yes, you did. But at the same time, I've got to have a commitment for a certain amount of man hours sure. to put out all the work that we need to do. So again, up front, we look at how many man hours we have, and I look at vacation, I look at sick time, I look at um, holidays, we look at computer problems, sure. we look at a lot of admin stuff, and then we back up and say, our staff need to have 80% of their time charged to a productive audit or investigation. And then you can't push that time into one audit because it's got a budget. Sure. Now, if you go over budget, that's another um, something that you should not do. Sure. So we are managing our 
man hours, our time, our resources, much like a CPA firm does. Very interesting, because you started off in the Treasury's office in state government, I, I, I believe. What, what was your experience there? Did that shape how you're doing the state auditor's office? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, I was in the corporate world sure. for 10 years, uh -huh. and when I was in the corporate world, it was always about quality, mm -hmm. but yet efficiency. Sure. And um, when I got into state government, and in the corporate world, you're always looking at the bottom line. Sure. And I came to state government, you couldn't find the bottom line. <laughs> and so I'm thinking, this is not, and, and I grew up very, very humble means. People would call us poor. Uh -huh. And I know my parents struggled to make ends meet. And I got into the state auditor's office, and I thought, oh, my gosh, this is the agency right. that oversees not only the accounting for our tax sure. dollars, but the efficiency or wastefulness, whichever we land on. Sure. And so I really made that place my home. But no, the corporate world was what prepared me for how I managed the state auditor's office. Sure, sure. Now, you're the first woman to hold that office in a century, I believe. I'm not really even sure. Um, has that affected how you've approached it? I mean, it certainly is, is to your credit that you're the first woman in this role. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. um, people have asked me all the time, Why sure. was it, how is it different for you? It was. It hasn't been. Right. I've always been um, a hard charger. Sure. I've always been um, very confident of mm -hmm. what I'm doing. I always work hard to make sure we're doing it right. And, and then we make sure, again, with vetting sure. that what we're doing is right. I look for, you know, we didn't just pick a number of 80% out of the sky. Right. We stepped back and said, what is reasonable? without running a sweatshop. I've worked in a sweatshop before. Sure. <laughs> what is reasonable without running a sweatshop? And then and then that's the bottom line and everybody must adhere to it. Sure, and when you talk about quality, uh, you know, an opinion is difficult to keep out of your work regardless of what you do, but in an audit, it's particularly important. You're known as probably one of the most bipartisan, nonpartisan, apolitical people in our leadership. How, talk a little bit about how important that is for the political side in these audits. It, it's critical um, that we are nonpartisan. First of all, I'm a CPA, and all of my work is required to be independent, objective, and not biased. Right. And then we get into the state auditor's office, and it was never meant to push political agendas. Sure. It was never meant. It was always, are the monies accounted for properly, and is mm -hmm. any of it being wasted, and is any of it being stolen? And yeah. you can't do that pushing political agendas. And I've worked for a Republican state auditor, and I've worked for a Democratic state auditor, and watched them push political agendas, and nobody will believe your work. Mm -hmm. It holds no credibility sure. if there's any biases built into the work. So people have to leave their opinions and their biases. And early on, when I became the state auditor, people would be in meetings with me, and they say, well, in my opinion, and I'd say, wait, you have no opinion. You have no opinion. Right. What does the evidence say? And we hire um, consultants to right. come back through my work to make sure that all of our um, conclusions, mm -hmm. which lead to findings, are backed up by hard evidence. So hard evidence is the thing. What do the numbers show? What do the numbers show? Right. What do the documentation show? Sure. What, what supports that conclusion, which leads to a finding? So our work goes through a lot of scrutiny, several levels mm -hmm. of scrutiny within the agency internally and, and right on up to me, yeah. I sit in meetings with my staff and ask the hard questions mm -hmm. that somebody else might ask. Sure. And then 
we have um, a consultant mm -hmm. that comes in and follows up behind that. We change lives. Mm -hmm. We destroy lives. Mm -hmm. We put people in jail. We can make, we've made laws for the most part, changes in laws, changes in policy that leads to better government. If mm -hmm. people can't rely on our work, that's never going to happen. And the 20 million, 23 million that I spend every year running my offices is mm -hmm. for nothing. Right. Now, one of the things we've talked about is the money. You know, we have gotten, North Carolina has been, all states have gotten a lot of money uh, following COVID and the American Rescue Plan. That has got to be a daunting task to manage it, but also track how it's being managed. You had an audit this spring, uh, an, a statewide audit of all these different facilities. What were some of those key findings? I think probably two key findings here. We've gotten really good mm -hmm. at sending the money where it needed to go. We didn't find that the state government did a wonderful job of making sure that how the General Assembly allocated the dollars, right. that they went where they were supposed to, when they were supposed to. What we haven't done a great job of is asking people, when you get this money, what do you plan to do with it? Right. Does that make sense? Are you getting the most bang for your buck? Again, you could, um, in the instance of the summer schools, sure. we, for those kids mm -hmm. that were in that last quarter when COVID first hit and they were struggling, there were summer schools that were opened right. up for, for kids to go to school and try to make up if they were struggling to make sure they were ready for the next grade. Right. What we, nobody has done is to find out were all the students that needed to be in summer school in summer school. Right. And for all the students that went to summer school, did they get anything out of it? And did they really get prepared for the next grade? That is the more important spend yeah. of our COVID monies yeah. is are we accomplishing the intent and are we accomplishing for everybody, for everybody, every dollar spent, mm -hmm. every dime spent accomplished all that it could. Sure. And that isn't where we are not great at our job. So finding that in the example of summer school, it's about the reporting process. It's not that we don't know that they didn't benefit from it. We just don't know. That's right. And that's a problem. Uh -huh. We have no idea if the summer schools that we have offered mm -hmm. were to every student that should have right. and that everyone that went through it, that it made a difference. Or was it somebody in front of a classroom or online? Sure going through the motions. Sure. Uh, part of that audit also talked a little bit about Medicaid enrollment. Um, and that's important, particularly as the General Assembly comes back in and possibly considers expanding Medicaid. Uh, what has your office found about the way our current Medicaid system works, particularly as so many more people were added to the rolls during COVID? Um, again, for the most part, um, the enrollment process um, who's eligible and who isn't. Most of that information is self-reported. Okay. And I'm not allowed to go into tax returns. Okay. That is probably the one place that I, I have access to everything and everybody. But the federal government prohibits me from looking at a person that's on Medicaid, or what does their tax return say, oh. and do the two marry up. Because okay. Medicaid and getting on the program is about uh, income, and dependence. Right. And there's no better place than on a tax return um, for those people who are reporting more dependence than uh, through Medicaid than they sure. really have. They're getting away with the IRS and Department of Revenue. So, um, and then the other side of that is um, 
we have doctors, medical right. providers, mm -hmm. who are still providing, were providing services to our most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And they had lost their license to wow. practice. Wow. They had limitations on their license, but the limitations were not being recognized. So there was two issues that we came out of the Medicaid um, audit that we've done so far. Sure. Now, in your position as state auditor, you're not in a lawmaking position. Do you make recommendations to the General Assembly about what you would like to see change and some of the red flags that you've seen in your audits? All of our audits have um, recommendations. Right. Uh, we can't tell you if you need a new computer system sure. which one, right. but we can tell you that the one that you have mm -hmm. couldn't provide data that we needed. Right. So we make recommendations in a generality that way. Um, one of the things that we just finished with uh, Division of Employment Security, um, people who are filing for unemployment sure. just have to certify online that they made three attempts to get a job. Hmm. There is no data that's, that verifies that they really did make an attempt to get a job. So that potential employer is never contacted? No, anything. no. But more importantly, mm -hmm. more importantly, is are we, we are not taking the data, and the U.S. Department of Labor has recommended this for years, mm -hmm. that our own Division of Employment Security um, rec uh, pull in, sure. save, um, have, um, I'm looking for the word, sure. um, that they store, all of these applications, but then to compare the oh. application mm -hmm. and your resume, were you even qualified to get that job? Because right. people can be filling out applications all day long, sure. and if they are not qualified for the position, they'll never be called for an interview. So they're certifying, I made three attempts, sure. but they weren't real attempts given the spirit of what unemployment is about. So again, we're not really measuring the success of the programs mm -hmm. that the state of North Carolina has in place. Sure. So you mentioned data and how important that is. Is this an, a focus in your office, a growing focus? Because really, if it's about numbers, we have a lot of data available. It's how we're using it. We have a lot of data. Okay. Available is a different story. <laughs> sure. Um, I can tell you I've got several audits. I'm working on one at the Department of Public Instruction um, right now as we speak. Mm -hmm. And the data of school attendance has been a nightmare. Wow. Um, trying to just get data mm -hmm. that's complete, it's accurate, and wow. I can rely on it. Because, again, when I take my audits to the General Assembly, I take my findings and my recommendations mm -hmm. The organization that I audit, in this case it'll be DPI, sure. has an opportunity to disagree with my findings. Mm -hmm. And if they can't give me evidence that shows I'm wrong with my findings, then they are required to say, I agree, mm -hmm. this is what we're going to do to fix it, here's when I'm going to have it fixed, and here's who's going to be held accountable if it's not fixed. Now the General Assembly, and in this case the Legislative Oversight Committee for Education, sure. will have a roadmap of what needs to be fixed. Mm -hmm. The Division of Employment Security, we have asked them, show us, tell mm -hmm. us, you agree with our findings, you agree that nobody is really following up mm -hmm. to make sure that the jobs people apply for, they could actually get them because they're qualified. Right. Show us, tell us what you're gonna do to fix it, mm -hmm. when you're gonna have it fixed, and who's gonna be held accountable. Again, a roadmap to the General Assembly. So I'm providing that now. It'll be the follow-up of the General Assembly to make sure these kinds of things happen. 
Sure, sure. This is a tough, tough gig. Do you, most of the people, I know you're a CPA. How do you uh, guide potential auditors and CPAs in this process? Because uh, one of the things that I'm seeing, I have college students too, uh, there seems to be fewer and fewer people choosing this as a field, uh, you know, CPA, and because they maybe think it's automated, but it really is to have these critical thinking skills. It absolutely is. And mm -hmm. we are automating data retrieval. Sure. Um, I put in a data analytics um, division in our agency over two years ago. Right. And so we are automating um, the things that um, a computer can do. We call it robotics. Sure. So that's pulling stuff in with verifications. And now I'm using my auditors as critical thinkers. Right. But what I am doing is um, I am speaking to the accounting societies in several of our universities to right. help students understand that there is a path in government sure. for an auditor, for a CPA, and it's work that not only is right. challenging, yeah. um, I will develop you better than any CPA firm, I will train you, mm -hmm. and at, this, at the end of the day, the sky's the limit. You can start out in my agency as an assistant state auditor one, mm -hmm. and you can sit in my seat, because it's exactly what I did. <laughs> I worked my way from an mm -hmm. assistant state auditor two all the way into the position of state auditor. So there's m much room to grow mm -hmm. in the state auditor's office. There is also impactful work. Right. You're changing how our state government works to benefit sure. the lives of citizens all across this state. And it's challenging work. You will be developed to be the best mm -hmm. you can be if you just apply yourself. So again, I'm speaking at a lot of universities, sure. to their accounting societies, to their accounting classes, to help them understand this path in the state auditor's office. Sure, you mentioned impact. You know, that's a key part of this. It's not just seeing what went wrong, where there may have been you know, waste or abuse, it's how it impacts every single North Carolinian in some way. Um, talk about that shift in focus that I think I've seen in your office recently. Absolutely, um, we are, um, so, so a lot of the work that we're required to do mm -hmm is financial statement audits. And sure. basically all that is, is somebody hands you a set of financials, sure. you got a balance sheet, you got an income statement, and you got a cash flow statement if it's required, ton of notes that try to explain these very big numbers. Right. But the bottom line is creditors mm -hmm. are looking at, they know how to read these financials and they can tell the financial health of an organization and whether or not we need to be lending you money. Right. So we've got to have these for the state of North Carolina, our universities and our community colleges. We've mm -hmm. got to have these because the state borrows money, universities borrow money, and then people contribute to universities and community colleges. Right. So those are required. What we are working to do today is to shift about ten to 15,000 man hours mm -hmm. from those audits mm -hmm. that are required and they're important at the same time they have no impact on the lives of the citizens of North right. Carolina. Finding out that um, the Division of Employment Security gave out $1.2 billion during COVID in first-time unemployment checks. Think about that. Wow. I lost my job. Mm -hmm. I've got to make car payment, house payment in 30 days. I've lost my job, no checks coming. Mm -hmm. I filed for unemployment, and that check needs to be there in 30 days. What we found in $1.2 billion of first-time payments, mm -hmm. a third of it was anywhere from two months oh to 365 days late. Can you imagine having yeah. a mar mortgage, car payment, grocery bills, medical bills, mm -hmm. and you can't get the first unemployment check? Well, the feds have a standard mm -hmm. 
that 87% of your first-time payments should be made in 14 to 21 days. Makes sense right. before the monthly bills are due. A third of them, as I said, were anywhere from two months to 365 days late. But what we found is that the Division of Employment Security had not met the 87% benchmark of the Fed's requirement in 10 years. Oh, wow. 10 years, nine years before COVID hit. This is impactful sure. to the citizens of North Carolina because think about how many lost their jobs and were looking for that first time payment. And then the National um, Economic, um, the National um, Bureau of Economic Research has stated that since 1950, 1950, the United States has seen an economic downturn on average every five and a half years. Every five and a half years. So what does that tell you, Donna? Sure. We've got another one coming. Sure. So DES needs to get their act together and get these payments out the door right. in the 14 to 21 days that the federal government requires. Sure. And you talk about impact. We did um, um, an uh, audit on online classes that DPI mm -hmm. put together. They have retired teachers, they have teachers that are on contract that prepare the courses and deliver the courses online. This virtual public school has been around since 2008. Mm -hmm. 131 courses. And we heard at the State Auditor's Office from a very liable source that the courses did not meet North Carolina education standards, required education standards. We took 12 of the courses. Mm -hmm. We hired PhDs who assess courses across the nation, have done this for the state of North Carolina, DPI. Mm -hmm. And what we found is that out of the 12 courses that they reviewed, eight of them, of these online courses, did not contain all of the content they were supposed to. Right. Didn't even have all the information in it that was supposed mm -hmm. to deliver. 11 out of 12 courses did not meet the rigor standard that DPI guaranteed. Rigor it is, how hard is the course? Sure. How hard does a student have to work? Um, and DPI guaranteed that these online courses mm -hmm. were the most rigorous of any course you could take in North Carolina. Wow. The ratings from one to six, five and six, very rigorous. Mm -hmm. 11 out of 12 rated a one and a two. These are courses for gifted students. Sure. These are courses for students that want to go to college mm -hmm. and some general courses. And these are supposed to look good on that student's resume, but you talk about impact. This is a $20 million program but you think about the impact, it reaches students because it's online right. all across our state. So we're picking issues that are impactful sure. to the average citizen of North Carolina, which would be me. Sure, absolutely. Now we have just a few minutes left, but I wanted to get into quickly, you're also, because of your role as state auditor, chairman of the Local Governments Commission. There's nothing that touches people uh, closer than their local government. Um, you know, you, you help governments, local governments figure out their system, but also identify uh, waste and abuse. What are you looking for in a well-run local government? We're looking for, number one, mm -hmm. the city council or the um, board of commissioners to be doing their job, sure. that they are getting reports every month mm -hmm. to make sure that the budget they set was the right one, that they're spending in accordance with budget. They are supposed to make sure that bank reconciliations, I can't tell you how sure. many come before the local government commission and they're not even doing their bank recs. You don't, they don't know how much money they got, cash they got in the bank. Sure. I'm looking for them to make sure that the finance officer and the city manager are doing their job to make sure that 
unlike in the case of Spring Lake, an accounting technician took over $500,000. Not the finance officer, sure. not the city manager, an accounting technician. So the same person signing the back and the front. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And so I want the, the local government elected officials to take responsibility. Stop letting sure. the finance officer tell you what's going on. Sure. You make sure that what should be going on mm -hmm. is taking place for the benefit of those that elected you. Absolutely, and that's good advice for anybody who's running an organization, right. public or private. So as we wrap it up here, uh, where would you like to see, if we were gonna audit the auditor's office, what would you like to see coming in the next, you know, five, six years, changes you'd like to see in your office? We are, um, again, working hard to ensure that our data analytics group is um, everything it should be so sure. it can analyze data and it will point me to where the problems are faster. Sure. I won't just have to sort of guess. I am looking for the best and the brightest sure. to work in my agency, people that want to come to work, want to do a good job, want to be trained well, and are committed to serving the citizens of North Carolina. Um, and there is a place in our agency for all of that. That is exciting. I appreciate you being here. I am so impressed with your, your background and as a, you know, the, the first woman in this role and you really seem like you're, you're tough. You have the respect of, it seems, the Democrats and Republicans. It, it can't be easy. And I appreciate you being here on Front Row with us today. My pleasure. Do Donna. you think you're going to run again? I'm absolutely going to run again. All right. Wonderful. Thank you. And that's it for us. Thank you. See you next week. And thanks for watching Front Row. Major funding for Front Row with Mark Rotterman is provided by Robert L. Luddy. Additional funding provided by Patricia and Ku Ewan through the Ewan Foundation, committed to bridging cultural differences in our communities. And by... Funding for the Lightning Round provided by Nicholas B. and Lucy Mayo Body Foundation, A.E. Finley Foundation, N.C. Realtors, Reifenberg Construction, Stephen Gleason. A complete list of funders can be found at pbsnc.org slash front row.